This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. And of course, you know, as you know, on Tuesday, um, thank God all the commercials will be over. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Uh, all the character assassinations and everything like that will all be ended. Won't that be just wonderful? But in the meantime, of course, uh, it is our responsibility and our right. You know, it's a privilege for us to be able to vote. So um, I trust that you have either done that by absentee or however. And if you uh, haven't and you're planning, well, no, you're not planning. You're going to go uh, to vote uh, this Tuesday. And I can't tell you how important it is. Uh, you know, you hear about the critical nature of what's going on, and I, I believe that that's absolutely true. And uh, we stand at the crossroads of uh, uh, whether uh, uh, the liberties and the freedoms uh, that God entrusted to us and to this nation continue or not. And I think that it's pretty self-explanatory about what it is that we ought to be doing as far as our voting practices are concerned. I mentioned to you a few weeks back, I mean, I think it's pretty simple, you know, on three different things that you can look at where candidates are concerned, and that is the right to life, right, you know, and, um, and then secondly, um, marriage between a man and a woman and the sanctity of marriage and what that represents and then the third thing is just freedom of religion. I mean, if they had their way, we would not be open right now. I will guarantee you they would close every church in this country down. And they've made a, they've made a significant effort in some places to do just that. And I got to tell you, my friends, you know, people may not like uh, my position, but I refuse to be in a place where they're telling me what I can and cannot do. Are you listening to me? All right. And, uh, you know, again, people may not like that, but I tell you what, it was for liberty and freedom that Jesus came to set us free. This country is established as a result of a democracy that gives freedom, life and liberty and freedom to people. And we are not seeing that represented uh, within the context of certain individuals and so on and so forth. So, you know, and people, here's the thing, you guys. Jesus made this statement. He, it's simple. He said, you will know them by their fruit. Huh? Don't concern yourself about what they say. Concern yourself with what they do or have done. Are you listening to me? And that'll pretty much take care of most everything. Are you listening to me? I was just talking with one of the congregants here this weekend, and he was talking about his uh, uh, sister had an encounter in a post office for all the places on the planet, because right next to the post office, there was a, um, a house and they were promoting uh, uh, the police and law enforcement. And uh, so she asked the postmaster about it, this person, you know, what's that about over there? You know, said, well, you know, it's a, it's a person who's in law enforcement and they're supporting, well, you know, somebody in a public office ought not be doing that. They can say whatever they want, but we can't say what we want. Are you listening to me? And so there was a lot of, <laughs> this, this sister of the, the congregant said, you know, I really love the police. She's standing behind this person. She wheels around, you know, and, and uh, gets all huffy and has all kinds of comments to make. And thank God this sister of the congregant, you know, just uh, stayed cool, you know, and uh, loved her in her idiotness. Hallelujah. 
So anyway, you know, she left and, and the, the sister went ahead and did her business. Well, when she got her business done, uh, she walks outside and this person is in her car waiting and uh, gets out of the car and blames her because she forgot her receipt and has to go back in and get it and called her a, a colorful name and all kinds of things of that nature. And, and so the sister just said, well, God bless you. Oh, don't be giving me that Christianity stuff, you know. So anyway, let's just put it this way. There are a lot of unhappy people in the world today. But thank God we don't have to let their hate and their unhappiness be the thing that governs and dictates where our lives are going to go. So I say all of that to simply say that if you haven't already, you've got to be sure you show up. And I don't, have to, I don't care if you have to stand in a line for 14 hours make sure because it's uh, a huge deal. And not only is it huge to you, you know, where your personal lives are concerned, but I think about our kids and our grandkids and all the rest of them. So there's a lot at stake. How many of you would agree with me on that? So anyway, and that's why another thing that we're doing is, is we are having an evening uh, here at the church uh, for prayer. And uh, we like to extend that invite to you to come and join us as we pray and ask the Lord to help us in the Holy Ghost to pray for this nation, for this country, you know, and not only that, but even for the people of this country. Uh, you know, um, revival is usually <clears throat> spoken of in the context of stirring up believers, you know, getting, you know, in other words, waking them out of sleep and getting them engaged in the Great Commission again and so on and so forth. But I tell you what, praise God, we need a move of the Spirit for harvest in this country. You know, we've got millennials and Gen Xers and Z's and whatever, you know, alphabetical thing, designation that they have that need to come to know the Lord. Are you listening to me? And, you know, because if you're without God, you have no, no point of reference from which to judge anything. You know, people come up and say, hey, we're going to give you free college. We're going to do this. We're going to give you free this. We're going to do that. You won't have to buy this or that. You know, anybody that is naive would say, hey, I'm in. But what they don't realize is the cost. Somebody's got to pay for it. I don't know if you realize that or not, but someone has to pay for it. Are you listening to me? And unfortunately, when they get older in life, uh, they're going to discover that. And uh, there are no free rides in the world. Are you listening to me? But God will bless the work of your hand. Are you listening to me? So again, I say all of these things. So come and join us. And if you can't, I mean, for whatever reason, please at six o'clock, I mean, there's something about a corporate environment of prayer. We had 40 or 50 people that showed up a couple weeks ago, but there's something about that. But if you cannot come, at least, you know, maybe in the privacy of your own home, join us in, in prayer because there's no distance in the spirit, you know. And so you can certainly pray that way as well. And uh, we'll pray for the nation, pray for this world. You know, I mean, there's just so much going on uh, where that's concerned. And then, of course, um, <clears throat> pray for the church. You know, our function, our role within these last days. I mean, everywhere, when I hear preachers preaching and prophets prophesying, I mean, we have this window and it's harvest time. Okay? So if you haven't been in the habit of harvest, I tell you what, you need to get into it. You say, well, that's just not my deal. Well, it is your deal, okay? There's no abdication on this, you know? It's just like people, you know, when it comes to voting and say, well, what good will it do? Well, you know, if you don't, how can you have any 
influence on the outcome. Are you listening to me? And the same thing's true with the church. Glory to God. He's given us a message. It's good news. Hallelujah. And you know, if people aren't interested in it, go to the next one. Huh? I did a funeral this weekend for um, my uncle, my uncle Danny. Went on to be with the Lord. He was 99 years young. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get in a tough crowd. You know what I mean? A tough crowd is uh, <laughs> they're not shouting hallelujah, and they're not amening you. But I tell you, I was so privileged to be able to communicate to that group of people. And his grace upon my life to talk about the promises of eternal life. Hallelujah. I, I stand amazed sometimes. I'm thinking, you know, I'm, it's almost like I'm here, but I'm standing over there going, wow, that's really good, you know. <laughs> But I tell you what, God spoke to these people about his love and his life and the promise of eternal life that God has for each and every one who will call on the name of the Lord. How many of you know you have to call? Huh? Yeah, it's not left up to fate. It's not like, well, God just decides this or that or the other. No, no, he, he, he's done everything he needs to do. Now it's your turn. It's your decision as to whether or not you want to call on his uh, name for salvation and to repent. Yeah? How many of you know we need to repent? Yeah. A lot of folk, they want fire, insur fire insurance, but they don't want to repent. You know what I mean by that? <clears throat> they don't want to go to hell, but they don't want to live right. Thanks for your excitement. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but there are a bunch of folk that get it and come to the place of learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I know what a life it is. Amen. Such a blessing. Praise God. Well, anyway, that's my commercial. Did you all bring your Bibles with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles <clears throat> together uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hallelujah. Yes, glory. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Glory to God. Now, you know, I got a lot of things stirring around in my heart, and I have, a, I have a plan. Aren't you glad I have a plan? I mean, you wouldn't want to come to a church with a pastor who goes, I don't have a clue. No, you, you want somebody that's got a plan. But I'm real open <clears throat> to whatever it is that heaven has for us. Amen? So let's bow our heads together. We'll pray, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you this morning. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, Father, that our hope and our trust is in you and you alone. Because, Father God, you are the creator of all things. And we thank you, Father, that as we gather in the name of Jesus, that you're here within our midst. And so I want to thank you, Father, in advance for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I want to thank you, Father God, for ready hearts, ready minds. Father, receptive hearts, receptive minds. Help them, Father, to be the recipients of that which is born of you. And God, I just thank you for the inspiration of the Almighty, hallelujah, to give grace to each and every one of our lives, to encourage us in the place where we live. And I thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let me take a little shot here, and hopefully that'll, all of you won't be clearing your throat for me. <laughs> My wife has been trying to cut me off of coffee in the morning. What was that? <clears throat> she's really not that mean at all. Matter of fact, I don't think she's got a mean bone in her body. But caffeine dries your throat out. 
And uh, so then when you get to preaching, then, you know, I squirt all this stuff in my mouth. That still don't work. I guess she's probably right, and I probably need to quit drinking coffee because the caffeine does that, you know. Yeah. So. But I don't want to. <clears throat> you know, I try <clears throat> tea. Works out all right. I don't even know why I'm telling you all this stuff. It doesn't make any difference. I guess it's probably to explain, but uh, here we go anyway. Read this verse of Scripture with me in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Huh? Look at that verse again. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the what? The what? Oh, I only got about six of you doing this. I said, thanks be unto God, who gives us the what? There you go. Come on now. The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ gives us victory. Everybody say, I've been given victory. Yeah, he has given us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he tells us because we have victory that we are to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding. Come on. In the work of the Lord, knowing, 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 knowing that our labor is never in vain in the Lord. Are you listening to me? Praise God. I was just listening to somebody here this week, and they were talking about uh, <clears throat> having a vision being taken to heaven. And, uh, and uh, in this vision, they were talking to Jesus, I believe, but someone was standing by him and had this beautiful, beautiful crown. And it had, you know, the, the, the beauty of it was indescribable. And so the person that was having the vision says, what, what's that there? And Jesus said, that's a soul winner's crown. Amen. Huh? So when you get to heaven, praise God, you know, your apparel, you know, sashes and different things, you know, are going to uh, communicate what it is that you did on this earth. And if you have one of them crowns, then praise God, you'll be recognized as a soul winner. How many of you would like to have one of them? Yes. Well, then praise God, let's get busy. Amen. Come on. Amen. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So because of that, he wants you to be steadfast. Hallelujah. Not wishy-washy. Not here today and there tomorrow and faith today and doubt tomorrow or none of that, but, but steady, established, settled, steadfast, unmovable. You know, I mean, there's something to be said for having conviction. You know, it's all right to have absolutes. Are you listening to me? The world in which we live, people are so wishy-washy. They're here today, there tomorrow, and who God only knows where they're going to be the next day. But, but it's established upon godly biblical principles from the Word of God that builds people's lives. 
Hallelujah. And sometimes when it comes to that, you got to have a little backbone. You got to demonstrate some character. Are you listening to me? I remember when I was a little kid, I don't even know how old I was, but I had a neighbor that uh, was quite a bit older than me. I'd say, let's see, maybe six, seven years old. And he was trying to get me to smoke a cigarette. I said, no, I can't do that. He goes, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Smoke the cigarette. Nope, I am not going to do that. Man, he put the full court press on me. And finally, I just screamed out, no, I'm not going to do that. You know? And then he said, and then he backs off and goes, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I was just, you know, it's all right. It's just making fun, you know? Sometimes you just got to have some hair. Huh? You know, it's just like that gal, you know, in that post office. I mean, sometimes you just got to speak up just like that. And, and if you knew this sister, I mean, she wouldn't hurt a fly. But she goes, well, I like policemen. Hallelujah. God bless her. So do I. Are you listening to me? In these last days, you guys, you're not going to be able to hide in the weeds. You either, you either represent something Huh? You either account for something. Either the church is going to stand up, because I guarantee you that if they don't, they will steamroll you, and they will, you will lose every time. Are you listening to me? Your voice is important in these last days. You say, well, I don't want to fight. I don't want to get in this deal. You don't have to fight. But you do have to declare who you are and what you believe. Are you listening to me? may not be the most popular thing, but, you know, since when did we care about popularity contests? Praise God forevermore. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. When I first got saved, man, I was nuts for Jesus. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can go ahead and be that way right now. Huh? And people will mock you. People will criticize you. People will speak all manner. You know, they'll shun you. They'll run the other way. They'll do whatever. But I tell you what, praise God, there's nothing like being in the company of heaven and all of heaven's uh, 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 subjects. Glory to God. Oh, what a happy day it'll be. Glory to God. So don't even back up. Just keep your foot on the throttle. Hallelujah. I passed one of the congregants this morning. <clears throat> My wife always asked me, is that anybody from the church? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't set a very good example when it comes to driving. But you know, when you, the way they've engineered these vehicles and these cars these days, dude, you can go 80 miles an hour and not even know it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There we go. That's my witness right there. You know, we're just strolling. That's all. We're just trying to get there. So I had to go and apologize to them. Well, they weren't even aware of who I was or whatever. So if I had just kept my mouth shut, nobody would known the difference, huh? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, anyway, hallelujah. I'm so thankful to be a child of God, aren't you? That's such a blessing. And yes, we do have to deal with things. You know, even, I mean, sometimes even with our closest relatives, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't see the same way that you see, you know? And so what is the commandment that Jesus gave us? And that is to what? Love one another? Huh? You know? Now, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that's always the easiest thing to do. How many of you know it's easier to love some folk than it is others? Come on. Yeah. 
They want to get up in your grill. They want to challenge you. And, you know, I tell you what, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. But don't let that deter you. I had something this week, you know, close family member, you know, trying to get up in my stuff, you know, and I'm thinking, listen, I'm not living my life for you. I'm living my life for me. So, passez-vous, you know. In other words, get the heck out of here. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yeah, anyway. Um, I was talking about victory earlier, wasn't I? Yeah, amen. He's given us the victory. He wants you to live victoriously. Hallelujah. As a child of God. And, and, and I guess the reason I say this is because when you hear the gospel, you're all sitting here and you're excited about the truth. Blesses you, doesn't it? But you know, not everybody's that excited about the gospel. Huh? Why is it that the religious leaders of Jesus' day wanted to kill him? Because they didn't like what he had to say. Why? Because he revealed their hypocrisy. He told them that they were living and dying in their sin. And how dare you say something to a religious person, you know, that if they don't know Christ, that they somehow or another are disqualified. Well, I didn't make the rules. He did. Are you with me? And so with that comes a lot of anger. As a matter of fact, you know, when Paul was writing about it, he says, our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance. Hallelujah. And that's true. You know, when somebody's turned on to the Word of God, man, it's like a breath of fresh air, isn't it? I mean, for the believer, for the child of God, hey, man, they're on fire for God. That's awesome. Huh? So we are that Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. Huh? Smelling something else. Huh? To those who are perishing, we're a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. Isn't that true? So, you know, again, see it for what it is. You know, people get uh, you know, upset or angry or they got a mean comment or whatever to make. Just, you know, recognize the source and think about where it's coming from and don't worry about it. I said, don't worry about it. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Did you hear me? And yet we are living in an environment and a society that is absolutely filled with fear. You say, well, what's the remedy to that? Believe the promises of God. Are you with me? If you ever get a chance, I want you to read the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, as a matter of fact, we just probably need to go there. Why don't you turn over to the Old Testament and look at this with me, if you would. In Nehemiah, how many are you glad you came today? Amen. Praise God. In Nehemiah, this is such a uh, uh, fitting and important um, story, especially within the context of our particular history and where it is that we found or where we find ourselves. And uh, <clears throat> I, I'll try to paraphrase it because I want to I trim this down so that I can really talk to you about some other things. But take the time to read this, this book about Nehemiah because essentially uh, because of Israel's disobedience, you know, they had, what I mean by that is, is they, they stopped doing the word. 
They stopped obeying God. They went out and started living their lives the way they want. You know, there's a lot of Christians that are doing that right now. And I tell you what, the end of that is death. It's destruction. It's misery. That's what it is. I tell you what, you want to stay real close to Jesus right now. Actually, you want to stay real close to him all the time. Are you with me? But these people had forsaken God. And so as a result, Jerusalem was destroyed. An enemy came in, you know, and just leveled the place, turned it into rubble. And they ended up, ended up being scattered all over the place. And they were in derision and all kinds of problems. And uh, it had come to the end of the judgment that came as a result of their disobedience. And so, you know, Nehemiah's asking someone from what they called the captivity had come back and said, what, what's the condition of things there? And he said, well, the whole place has, you know, been burned with fire, and it's nothing but a, a, a rubble, a pile of rocks. And the Bible says that Nehemiah began to weep because of the heritage that he was a part of was in absolute shambles. And he began to pray. And I want you to notice, look here in the first chapter, um, verse 4. He said, when, uh, and it came to pass, and when I heard these words, I sat down and wept. More in certain days, fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And he said, Lord, I beseech you, great and terrible God, that keeps covenant and mercy with those that love him and observe his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes be open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess their sins or the sins of the children of Israel, which they've sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee as a people, and we have not kept the commandments nor the statutes, judgments that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember us, I beseech you. Hallelujah. The words which you commanded your servant, saying that if we transgress, he said, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though um, there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them into or unto the place that I have chosen to set my name now, or there. So now these... Uh, are thy servants and thy people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Lord, I beseech you to let now your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, to the prayer of thy servants and who desire to fear your name and to prosper. I, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, making reference to the king for he was the king's cupbearer. Why is that important for us today? The reason it's important is, is because I'm standing in an auditorium of people that I believe fear his name. Are you listening to me? And he said that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Isn't that what he said? Now, I don't know about you, but I believe the Bible. Are you with me? So that's why we're going to take our place as a congregation, as a people before God tonight to pray. Because undoubtedly people have forsaken the right ways of God. They've given license to all kinds of corrupt 
immoral behavior and thinking that this is my life, you know. I, I like you take, and I, I don't know why I get off on this, but I'll do it anyway. Hallelujah. You know, it's like this, the right to life, you know. And people talk about uh, their rights, women's rights, and it's their body and all of that. Yes, it is their body. But you know what? What we do with our body to either glorify God or magnify Him or not is a big deal. Are you listening to me? And so if we act corruptly, and a lot of folk ain't going to like this, but if you act corruptly and there's a consequence to that, you know, and there's a child that is conceived within the womb of a person, you do not have the right to take their life. Are you listening to me? As a matter of convenience, did you know that Planned Parenthood was actually uh, given birth to by a communist? It's my understanding. I don't know this for sure. But, you know, they planted these Planned Parenthoods, and 80% of them are in black areas. She was a racist. And she wanted to get rid of the black community. And they planted them in these places, 80% of them in black communities, to get rid of them. Nobody knows that. Nobody tells you about that. But that's exactly the motivation behind it having been given birth. Well, it's morphed into all kinds of things now. We hear all of the things that people are using, you know, the, the, the parts of these children, you know, for, and selling them for crying out loud. You talk about corrupt. You talk about evil. You talk about darkness. This is a no-brainer, you know, but people stand idly by and they say nothing. Are you listening to me? You know, here's another thing, you know, people, you know, when you, you start talking about these things, people will say, well, I didn't come to church to listen to all that. I didn't come to church to listen about politics and whatever. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, dude, if you don't get involved, see, that whole mindset is to take you out of the game. Did you hear me? In other words, preacher don't stand up and set a standard and be a leader and say, listen, this is right and this is wrong. You just, you know... Preach something nice. Don't make anybody get offended. For crying out loud, don't offend anybody. Some people need to be offended. You know, you might be the one, praise God, that stops them from driving off the cliff. And there's a whole lot of men that are heading for the cliff. <clears throat> Say, well, this isn't very edifying. I'm not done yet. Just give me a chance. Sometimes you got... <laughs> Sometimes you've got to wade through the weeds in order to get to the good place where the fishing is. Are you with me? But we, we live in such critical time where you just can't abdicate this. You can't, well, it'll be all right. No, you know, I'm telling you this right now, praise God. If you don't take care of your stuff, you're going to be in trouble. Are you listening to me? How many of you know if you don't pay your bills, you don't pay your mortgage, they're going to come and say, you know what, your house is no longer yours, it's ours, bye. You got to take care of your stuff. And that's true where our personal lives are concerned. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, if I need to straighten up, I need to straighten up. <laughs> Thanks for your excitement. <laughs> Praise God. You say, I don't like you very much. Oh, you will. You know, it's like Keith Moore said, You don't know me. If you knew me, you'd love me, you know. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> you know, the message that we preach is a message of victory. It's a message of uh, redemption. Jesus came into this earth-born existence so that people could live. Now, if you want to live and embrace darkness, that's your prerogative. But there is an option available. There is a life that is potentially yours if you will call on the name of the Lord to be saved and receive him as a savior of your life so that you can really have life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. He came for that very purpose. And it brings us to a place of being able to live a life that is pleasing unto him. You know, before I got saved, 19 years prior, you know, when I was 19 and under, I wasn't pleasing God on any level. But then I gave my heart to him, and everything changed. Are you listening to me? And for many of you, you have the same testimony. I mean, how many of you are better off having known Jesus now? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I was just thinking about it the other day because I was with my family, you know, my immediate family. And I thought to myself, you know, if I hadn't met Jesus, I would not be alive. I am sure of that. Scary. It really is, man. I mean, I think about my past life and, you know, nobody ever knows me. My wife does, but I mean, you know, people, well, some people do. You know, long-haired, hippie, you know, smoking dope, drinking like a fish, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But Jesus showed up. Hallelujah. And changed our lives forever. That's what he does. So we made an all-in commitment to him. And oh, what a life it's been. But like I said, if I had not known him, I'm pretty well convinced I wouldn't be alive. Most of the people I hang out with are not here anymore. They're all gone. 47, 60, 50-something 54, not very old. They didn't live out the full length of their days. And I was just as much a part of them as any of them, you know. It's real. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is more than just having eternal life. You know that, don't you? It's such an all-inclusive word, the word saved or salvation. It's the Greek word sozo. And by definition, it means to deliver, to preserve, to bring to safety, to guard, to keep, to heal, and to bring safe to a destination. How many of you know we got a destination? Yes, glory to God. It's a highway to heaven. Glory to God. And we're on our way. But the only path or the only way to go down that path is with him. Glory to God. And what a path it is. You know, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say new creation. Yes. I mean, if you're born of the Spirit, things change. Woo! If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. How many are glad today that those old things have passed away? How many of the rest of you can't decide? I said, how many of you are glad those old things have passed away? 
Praise God. New life has come that we should walk in newness, being raised up to walk in the newness of life. Oh, you know, but pastor, I have a, such a hard time and I just can't. Oh, you can. Don't say you can't. You can. Praise God. He's given you everything that you need to live a life of godliness in order to be able to please your heavenly Father. He has empowered you by the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. So everybody say it together, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Now, let's do this one more time. With some conviction, spizzerinctum, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That helps everybody that's trying to take a nap to wake up. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Paul was writing about this, talking about victory. He said, for whom he did foreknow, for whom God did foreknow. Those he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God has this plan. Part of the plan is is that you'll be like Jesus. You'll be conformed to his image. The Bible says he was the exact representation of God upon this planet. And that is God's intent for you too. Hallelujah. So he wouldn't you know, give you this intent or, or provide it if he wasn't going to help you with the sufficiencies and the strength and whatever, the empowerment that you need to be able to do it. That's right, right. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know, when you got that unlovely, you know, family member, glory to God, you can still love them with the love of God. Come on. You know, the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. How many of you have uh, passed up that idea and just went for it and got it right in the middle of their stuff? Huh? Come on. You know, the Bible says all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. You know, come on. No, we've all done that. We failed. We haven't, we haven't made the grade. Are you with me? We've all done that. So what do you have to do? You've got to go repent. I had this one woman, bless her heart, drove me nuts, and I just went for it. And I was wrong. So what did I have to do? I couldn't even hardly eat supper with my wife. I had to turn around and go back and repent. Ask her to forgive me. She was wrong, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I was wrong in allowing myself to go someplace I shouldn't go. And she said, well, I thought pastors never do that. Dude, I'm a human just like you. Yeah. Tell you what, if I had my way about it, we'd do some things from a physical standpoint to fix some stuff. <laughs> but guess what? That's not Jesus' way. Get a rope. No. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you see that commercial? (laughs) I'm thinking, I like that commercial. (laughs) I've never seen that commercial. Well, you know, you probably, whatever. (laughs) No, the people that he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed. You know, the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm just working on mine. Y'all working on yours? Huh? So put down your rocks. Yeah, be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, 
Moreover, do we have this up there? Can you shoot that up there, Jim? 8 and 30. Hello. 8. Romans 8 30. You don't know. Okay. All right. Well, listen up. Romans 8 and 30. Moreover, whom he did predestine, those he called, also called. And those that he called, he also justified. Hallelujah. Aren't you? I mean, we could preach on that for a long time. Isn't it good to be justified in his sight? Not because of you, but because of Jesus and his blood. Those he justified, he's also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, come on, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? I said, if God be for you, who can be against you? That's Paul's reasoning. He just said, man, dude, Jesus. Now he goes on and argues it further. He said, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who is going to lay anything to the charge of God's people or God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who's he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yes, rather, is risen again, who's at the right hand of God making intercession for us. So who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? He goes on to say, no, in all of these things. Everybody say all of them. In all of these things, we are more. Everybody say more more than conquerors through him that loved us. Everybody say it together, I am a conqueror. I am not conquered. No, you are a conqueror. Hallelujah. Well, I don't much feel like it. Well, you know, thank God we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, if you'd start declaring what it is that God has done for you, you'd be amazed how your feelings would change. We're more than conquerors. Through him that loved it. I tell you what, my friend, that's victory in Jesus. Glory to God. You know, when we hear Paul's testimony, you know, in another place, I read this last week, but it says, giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us. How did he do that? Through the new birth. Being a new creation, being born of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. To, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. This is in Colossians 1 and 14. And it goes on in verse 13. It says, he has delivered us. Everybody say, I've been delivered. He's not going to deliver you. He has delivered you. Are you with me? Who has delivered us from the authority of darkness. Everybody say, the devil's under my feet. You know, I had to put him in his place this morning. Can you imagine that? Here I am getting ready to preach, and he's trying to interrupt me. Are you listening to me? You say, you talk to the devil? He talks to me? Huh? You know, when he's giving me a hard time, I just turn it on him. I told him about his future. 
Yeah, it was great. And you know, it's amazing. I never did hear anything else out of him after that. Huh? Yeah, you know, if the devil can, he'll get you to dwell on the wrong things. And he'll take you down some path, and he'll just let you go, and you just self-destruct. But you know, praise God, we are not ignorant of his devices. Huh? And so, praise God, when you hear that, you just say, oh, no, you don't, devil. Let me tell you about what's coming your way. Huh? Your future's not so bright. And guess what? It's nearer now than when I first got started in my walk with Jesus. And your day is coming. Huh? It's amazing how quiet they get when they do that. No, he's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption. Hallelujah. Everybody say it again. I am redeemed. You were redeemed. Hallelujah. And praise God, you just got to figure out what it is that you're redeemed from through his blood. I tell you this much about it, you guys. God didn't call you to live a defeated life. Christian life. Huh? He called you to be victorious. Hallelujah. Paul talked about he delivers us from so great a death and does deliver in whom we trust that he will yield, uh, still uh, deliver us. And another place he talked about the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Listen, you guys, I'm telling you right now, God stands with you. In your life, in your trouble, in your adversity, in your tests, in your trials, in your challenges, he stands with you to strengthen you and to help you, praise God, to put you over in this life. Glory to God. And so he said, the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me. He went on then to say, so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles may hear. Also... I was delivered. Everybody say, I've been delivered. Yeah, he said, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. Hey, come on. Couldn't you and I believe the same thing that God will deliver us from every evil work? That he'll deliver us from every test or trial we face? I mean, any challenge that you know we might be looking at? God is on our side. If God is for us, who can be against? No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors to him that loved us. Well, people say, well, you know, that's just not that easy. I mean, you know, I think, you know, I don't know, man. What, do you, what else did you have for breakfast? Just coffee with cream. But it is just that simple. It's what you choose to believe. Are you with me? And I'm choosing to believe the Word of God. Jesus came and gave his life and shed his blood so that I could live and have victory. And that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to honor the King with my life. And believe what it is that he said is true because it is true. I'm not going to get to heaven and him be able to pull some veil back and show me all the places that I screwed up and didn't believe him and what could have been because I didn't. Woo! Are you with me? It's too late for that. Devil lies to people. Listen to me, you guys. I'm telling you what, the truth will set you free. Some of you have been wading in stuff, you know, and arguing this and that and the other, jaded by whatever it is that went on in your life because of some problem that took place. And I, 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 I can empathize with that. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't begin to even appreciate some of the stuff that people have gone through. But, dude, you cannot park there for the rest of your life. Because then everything that you look at is, is viewed through that filter, 
and you never will be able to enjoy the peace and the joy and the cheer and the happiness of God. If you're unhappy, you don't have to stay that way. But you do have to change the way that you think and the way that you believe. Am I in the right house? You have to. And nobody, you know, God bless you, nobody can do that for you. People want other people to make them happy. It is not a possibility. But thank God you've got a choice. I have a choice. You have a choice. You know? My wife and I were just talking about someone here recently. And they, I remember one time, this has been decades ago, you know, and they said, you two are just so lucky. You know? And I think to myself, well, uh, I am blessed, you know. But you know what? Praise God, obeying God does have something to do with being lucky. Are you listening to me? You know, it's like Rick Warren. (laughs) He wrote this book. And somebody comes up to him and they start railing on him about, you know, writing this book. Say, well, you make all this money, you know, and you write these books and you just, you just got it so easy. And he said, well, you know, again, I will say that, yeah, I'm pretty blessed. But there was somebody that had to sit down and labor and dig and, and figure out and put that book together so that it could help people so that they could be driven by the purposes of God and not the purposes of the world. Are you with me? You know, so this person, they go, you got it so good. You know, you're just so lucky. And, uh, you know, what do you say to that? Of course, we were what? I don't know if we were even 30 years old at that point. We were just getting started. Bill, I'm telling you what, we were just kind of, you know, man, I mean, we had it in cruise mode. Yes, yet we hadn't even got it, you know, to where it's full throttle. Hallelujah. Well, the reason I make that statement is, is because the reason that we had the conversation is I just heard about that person. They ended up, you know, making a mess out of their lives and living miserably. Don't ever forsake the church. They used to be in the church. Well, we don't need church. That is the, the, the most hideous lie that I have ever heard in my life. I will guarantee you, my friend, you need the church. Jesus is the one who gave birth to the church, not not the preacher. Jesus did. If you want to obey him, then you're going to be in church. And today there's this growing sentiment, well, we don't have to have the church. Yes, you do. I said, yes, you do. Every Sunday morning, there's a whole bunch of little kids over there, and they're learning about Jesus. And every Sunday morning, well, except you know, when we have communion, there's a bunch of young people over there that are learning how to do life. They don't have a clue. They're impressionable. They, they, they need some foundation. They need the truth that can keep them free. And yet you got, you got couples all, all over the place. They're not going to church. They're getting it on TV. Well, thank God for TV. But yet, right on the other hand, I'm telling you what, you need to be within the corporate environment of the local church and connect yourself with other people with the gifts that God has given to you so that you can be a blessing to someone else. You can't be a blessing to someone else where you're not. So be cautious. Listen to me. Be careful about who you're listening to and what they're saying. 
because some of the stuff they're telling you, dude, it's not true. The devil's tactic is to divide and conquer. Did you hear me? Separate, drive a wedge. How do you think people end up in divorce? He just gets in between the parents and away they go. Are you with me? Don't let that happen. I said, don't let that happen. I said, don't let that happen. Woo! <laughs> Your marriages matter, you guys. Now, I could get off on that for quite a while. You know, if you got some little thing going, uh, you got some little thing going on in your marriage right now, I advise you to fix it. Yeah? You ever open up the refrigerator sometime? And, you know, you get down in the one drawer where you keep uh, your cheese. And you look at that, and it's been there for a while. Now, some of you, some of you will say, well, it's okay. We'll just cut that off, and the rest will be all right. Huh? Some of you say, uh-uh, this has got to go. Well, yeah, I got your blue cheese. But anyway, you know, um, my point to making that statement is, is that, well, you get the point, don't you? A little leaven leavens a whole lump. And when you have these little lingering things that are going on in your life, God does not want you just to put up with them. Are you with me? He doesn't want you to let it sit there and linger. You know, the Bible talks about lest a root of bitterness springing up, and with that, thereby many end up being defiled. You got to deal with it. You say, I don't want to. You need to deal with it. I said, you need to deal with it. I need to start talking to men again. You know, I want men to be better leaders. I want them to be better leaders in their businesses, in their jobs. I want them to be better leaders as parents and as fathers. I want them to be better leaders where their personal life is concerned. You know, God's given us such a privilege, you guys, to live and to lead. But we need to lead well, and sometimes guys don't know how to lead, or they're just not leading the way that they should. Are you listening to me? God wants to bless your life. But sometimes you got to, you know, people say, well, I'm tired. You know, I don't even want to deal with it. Dude, you, got, you can't yield to that kind of business. Right. And here's another thing, you know, if you've got something going on and you're the one that's at fault, well, I'm not at fault. Check that out a little bit. But if you're the one at fault, you need to repent. Right. You know, repentance is really a good thing. Yeah. Cleanses your soul. Right. Are you with me? Am I in the right house? Don't let, don't let things in your life that don't belong there. Are you with me? You know, for some guys, it's pornography. Get it out. For some women, it's just this, yeah, you know, in conversations that are unprofitable. Get them out. Don't hang out with somebody that's unhappy in their marriage and their relationship. Are you with me? Because I'll guarantee you that they'll start talking about it to you, and then pretty soon you're not happy about your marriage and your relationship. Am I in the right house? I think so. Say, Pastor, you're all over the place. I know, I'm talking about victory. It's a general kind of term. Hallelujah. I want you to have victory. I want you to win. 
But I tell you what, sometimes you got to stand up, be a man, be a woman. Sometimes you got to repent. Sometimes you got to take a stand and say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. You know, those are the things that make life worth living. That's how the blessing of God ends up in your house. You know, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Now you choose. You're going to love your spouse. You're going to love your wife. You're going to love your husband. Because that's what Jesus asked you to do. You say, yeah, but they're hard to love. I get it. No, I mean, not, no. No. Don't misinterpret that. Here's the thing about love, it never fails. <clears throat> it doesn't insist on its own rights or its own ways, and it's not self-seeking. Amen? You say, well, how can I do that? I mean, how am I supposed to love my spouse that way? I'll tell you how you do it. You love it, love them because he asked you to. Did you hear me? Not because they perform the way you want them to or they don't or the whatever, but he said to love one another as I have loved you. You know, I'm telling you what, those 12 disciples that Jesus had, they were a bunch of clowns. I mean, you know, he spends all night praying and comes out and chooses 12, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm not sure you heard from heaven on this deal. Why? Because they had issues. How many of you know we all have issues? We're flawed. And yet God made great men out of all of them. Are you with me? Everybody say, say it together. God's not through with me yet. Yeah, with, with you yet. Yeah, exactly. Get that right. Most people, you'd love to confess, oh, God's not through with them yet. No, God's not through with you yet. And you can be glad for that. Hallelujah. Well, to bring this to a conclusion, glory to God. You know, <clears throat> God's called us so that we can have victory in this life. Glory to God. And I have a lot of other things that I'd like to share with you, but I, you know, that's the way this goes. Hallelujah. Take your lead from Israel. I'm going to close, but take your lead from them. Jesus, well, actually God, wanted to take them into a land of promise, didn't he? And in uh, Numbers chapter 13, he tells them, he says, you know, he's talking to Moses and he says, uh, you tell the nation of Israel that I have given them this land. Now, let me ask you a question. Were they in the land? No, they're in the wilderness. But God said, I give it to them. And over and over and over again in the scriptures, you, you see where it says, go in and possess it. You want life and life more abundant? Go in and possess it. You want a great marriage? Go in and possess it. You want good kids? Go possess it. Praise God. He gives you everything that you need. All the means that are, are, are available and possible for you to be able to have the kind of life that he wants you to have. But you have to go possess it. And sometimes the possessing of it means I have to change the way I think. I have to change the way I behave. I have to do things differently. Are you with me? I can't keep doing my dirt and expect God to bless me. That, that, it doesn't work that way. But thank God I can, I, can, I can put that away. He said, put off the old man and put on the new one. Hallelujah. Who does that? I do. I chose that I was going to change. I chose that I was going to have life and life more abundant. I chose that I was going to do it God's way. I'm the one that did that. 
And for every failure, there's always a consequence. But thank God for his mercy. I was just telling him about that this morning. I said, oh God, your mercy, thank you for your mercy and your grace in my life because we are flawed. But yet right on the other hand, God can take your messed upness and I mean he can really make something out of it. I'm telling you, it's redeemable. I can look across this crowd right now and I can point out people where, you know, they didn't, they didn't make the grade. They failed miserably, but yet God was merciful and they found a place of repentance and now their life is so blessed. Perfect? No. Blessed? Yes. Huh? And that's the way he wants it for you. And that's the way you can have it. But you got to choose. Are you listening to me? And I believe, praise God, you'll do that. But listen, <clears throat> be careful who you listen to. Remember that Israel bunch? They sent 12 out there, and 10 of them came back, and they had an evil report. We can't do it, you know? Be careful who you listen to. Did you hear me? Praise God. I mean, if you got, I mean, you know, I was just talking to someone last night. And they, they went through this whole thing where they had gotten so distraught. And, and, and so I just asked the question, well, so what's the moral of the story here? <laughs> and they said, well, we need to trust God. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. But you also need to shut off the source that's causing the, dis, uh, the, the consternation. Huh? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's everybody stand up. I'm far enough down the road here. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to let faith arise in your life. To believe God for better. Let it rise within your heart these last days. Here's something that Paul wrote in Romans chapter 15. He says, now may the God of hope fill you fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, there, you can't get filled with joy and peace unless you believe. People of unbelief don't have joy. They don't have peace. But thank God you can take him at his word. And he said, I will make a way where there is no way. He said, am I not the God of all the earth? Praise God. He said, when the enemy comes in like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Don't be afraid. You know, there's so much fear going on in the world today. I just kind of, you know, hit the high spots on Nehemiah. But this guy, I mean, people came against him right and left and tried to destroy what it is that he was doing for the glory of God. And when you, when you set out to live your lives that way, the same thing can happen to you. You have these adversaries that try to distort and disrupt and to, to ruin what it is that God wants to do in your life. Don't even listen to them. He said, Tobias, you know, he sent letters to me to put me in fear. They tried to draw him away from what it is that he was doing so they could destroy him. Don't let that happen to you, my friends. Praise God, we are on the winning side. Did you hear me? Your life is blessed in Christ Jesus, coming in and going out. You don't have to be afraid. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I don't know how many of you have been looking at Psalm uh, 
91. But if you're having problems with your, you know, your fear level, uh, you need to do something about it. Kim Reynolds is sending me pictures. Not pictures. She's sending me texts. Anybody you getting a political text lately? Huh? What am I looking for here? Here it is. Let me remind you here before we pray and have communion together. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God. How many of you here this morning, He's your God? Huh? He's your God. I will say He is uh, alone my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. Jeremy, how many of you believe that? He said he would what? Protect you from every deadly disease. Glory to God. Have no fear. Praise God. You say, well, you know, that just doesn't resonate with me very long, or very well. Listen, get in the book and let the book get in you and it will. And you don't have to be afraid of nothing. Are you listening to him? Yeah, but I know this and that. Forget about that. Forget about all that and listen to what he said. Are you with me? And you'll be blessed. Praise God. Father, we love you today. We're so delighted, Father God, in your grace within each and every one of our lives. And Father God, as I pray for those within the sound of my voice and also those, Father, who may be watching either by Facebook or YouTube, God, I pray that God, that we will take a place where we belong within your presence with both faith and courage to live our lives out loud for you. Thank you, Father God, for the blessing of God in our house, in this place where the umbrella or the canopy of God's divine protection exists. I thank you, Lord, for keeping every person, all of their children, Father, I thank you, Lord, that as they fear your name, Father, that no evil shall come nigh their dwelling. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, that in these days ahead, that the church will be a glory and a light unto your name, and that the blessing of God will flow, and it will draw people, Father, from every quarter to receive the everlasting life that Jesus came to give them. And I thank you, Father God, for making each and every person here today a person who is burning with the fire of God in their lives. I thank you, Lord God, that every opportunity that we have, that we will take, praise God, to pray for the sick, Father, to, to preach the gospel, to give encouragement to the discouraged, and Father God, to speak a word in due season, life to those, Father, that are seeking it. And I thank you, Father God, for your blessing in each and every one of our lives in the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. Now, while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking around. You know, maybe you've never made a real clear decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Even those of you that may be watching, 
you know, again, on Facebook or YouTube. Maybe you've never really made a, 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 a real commitment to Christ. Well, listen, God sent his son so that you wouldn't have to perish. And the Bible simply says that if we will call on the name of the Lord, we can be saved. And so if you're in that place and you've never, maybe no one's ever told you, or maybe you knew it, you just weren't willing to make the decision. But if you're in that place, God loves you so much. And he wants you to have the life that he came to give you. So I encourage you this morning, if you're here within this auditorium, or if you're there watching by uh, television, I encourage you to make a decision to become a follower of him. And that just simply means that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that God sent him as a Savior for all mankind, and that you're willing to repent and turn your life over to him and let him become the Lord of your life. As a congregation of people, we'd like to pray together for those that are maybe here or again watching. And I want you just to follow me in this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Those of you that are watching, if you prayed that prayer, listen, I want to tell you, something different has changed in your life if it came from your heart. And I want you to contact us. You can do that by going to myfc.info. And uh, you can talk to us there uh, and let us know that you made the commitment because we'd love to reach out to you and help you in your walk as you continue down the road of life together. Hallelujah. Praise God.